Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist at The Natty Hour. And welcome everybody to episode 78. In today's episode, we are gonna spend some time discussing the training difference considerations between genders. So this actually isn't an overly controversial topic anymore. However, I do think that there still is some confusion as to whether males and females should train the same or if they should train differently. Now for any athlete, regardless of gender, you always want to determine their needs analysis first. Of course, this is going to be the biggest contributor when it comes to differences between one's training program. And that's because somebody's goals are going to differ from somebody else's. And it's the difference between these sets of goals that will, of course, require differences in one's training program and strategies. So let's assume the athlete's goals are to build muscle where resistance training is going to be the primary training modality for both genders to accomplish this goal. With this objective in mind, it begs the question, are there physiological differences in female muscles compared to male muscles when it comes to building actual muscle? And if so, should training programs be built differently? This question is relating to muscle growth between males and females, which is why the answer to this question is actually no. Training programs do not need to differ if the overall goal is to build muscle. So let's expand on why this is. The research does show that men and women have the same relative growth potential. There was actually a study done called Response to Resistance Training in Young Women and Men. The study consisted of six women and six men who trained the elbow flexors three days per week for 20 weeks. And the researchers concluded that the muscle size increases were similar in men and women, but women actually made greater relative increases in strength. There are several other studies that show similar conclusions. So overall, women's propensity to build muscle is very similar to men. Now that's not to say there aren't some important considerations we still want to take when it comes to the differences in a training program between genders. I imagine hormonal differences come to mind and the fact that men have more testosterone than women. But before we get into that, it is important to understand how muscle growth works. So let's just quickly expand on that. The main driver for muscle growth is mechanical tension. And that is created by using a heavy load through a full range of motion. 
The time the muscle spends under tension provided by the external load, so dumbbells for example, that creates mechanical tension. So to achieve this, we want to see involuntary slowing of the working muscle during a set. Therefore, taking your sets close to failure, and I would argue sometimes your last set to a complete failure, is going to allow you to achieve mechanical tension. Make sure that you are discussing this strategy with your coach because it can be quite complicated and you want to ensure that you are strategically taking specific sets to failure versus every single one. But not to go too off topic, we want to ensure you are achieving the main driver to muscle growth. And to be able to do that, chasing progressive overload is considered necessary. And this is the process of lifting more over time. We need to increase the demands being placed on our bodies by gradually getting stronger over time. And this can be accomplished in many ways, such as lifting more weight, doing more sets or reps, increasing your time under tension, or even simply improving your form and technique by increasing your range of motion, for instance. And the best way to do this is to track your workouts. Bust out a training journal and keep track of your progress so you can ensure you are overloading as best as you can week after week. And one final note regarding progressive overload. For us to get better and achieve it with our workouts, we, we need to practice and maintain consistency with performing the same movement patterns so we get better and better over time. For example, if we want to improve our squat technique or even our squat strength, how can we do that when we squat one week and then we swap it out for a different exercise the following week and then we don't do squats again for another month? Practice makes progress, which will allow us to actually achieve progressive overload. So now that we have a full understanding of what actually drives muscle growth, it should be pretty logical to conclude that there's not much of a difference between genders, right? The physiological process of achieving mechanical tension, of achieving progressive overload, that process, it doesn't differ between males and females. And therefore, the same training strategy not only can be applied, but it needs to be applied to promote muscle growth efficiently. However, there are some physiological differences that we might want to take into consideration. There's three that come to mind that we're going to really dive into today. One is hormonal differences, two is upper to lower body strength differences, and the last one is risk of injury. So let's start off by talking about these hormonal differences. Like I previously mentioned, testosterone is worth discussing. Testosterone increases neurotransmitters, which encourage tissue growth. It also interacts with nuclear receptors in DNA, which causes protein synthesis. Testosterone increases levels of growth hormone, and that makes exercise more likely to build muscle. And yes, men do roughly have 15 times more testosterone than women, which is a contributor to muscle growth. Therefore, some may use logic from this and assume that men can therefore build more muscle than women. However, we want to dig a little bit deeper here before making this assumption. While testosterone contributes to muscle growth, a lower amount that women genetically have doesn't impair muscle growth. 
So like I previously mentioned, research does show that men and women do have the same relative growth potential. There are several studies showing that even during a six-month period, both men and women gained the same amount of muscle during this period. The difference, however, and the reason why people may rely on the testosterone assumption so much is that women start out smaller than men. We women genetically have less muscle and more body fat than men. In addition, a lot of women are focused more on dieting and cardio, especially at a younger age where muscle growth isn't really the goal, maybe not until later. Whereas a lot of men focus on muscle growth at a very young age. Therefore, males tend to get a jump start on their muscle building journey. And that's why it can be assumed that men build more muscle than women versus it being due to the testosterone levels. In reality, if women started taking lifting more seriously and focus less on dieting at a younger age, their natural muscular growth potential could be very impressive. Now, that's not to say that if women started lifting more seriously at a younger age and focused less on cardio and dieting, that women would look manly. The reduced amount of testosterone is actually the biggest reason why women can still maintain their feminine features. Even women who do take lifting seriously at a younger age, they still maintain their feminine qualities if they maintain a natural lifting career. So ladies, don't think that you shouldn't be lifting weights because lifting weights, it should be included into your routine. It's no different than flossing when it comes to our oral routine. Everybody likes to scope because it feels good. Same thing with cardio. Everybody enjoys doing cardio because it feels good, but nobody wants to do the important parts of our oral care, which is to floss. Same thing with our exercise care, which is to focus on lifting weights. I'm not saying you must stop doing, you know, these types of exercises that you enjoy, such as cardio. If you enjoy running for relaxation purposes, keep running. If you enjoy cycling because you feel accomplished after, keep cycling. I'm not asking you to give those things up, but I am asking you to include resistance training into your routine. Too often, I hear women say all the time that they don't train their shoulders because they don't want to get jacked or manly. But did you know that training your shoulders actually aids in increased stability, posture, and injury prevention? And is actually transferable to daily life tasks like picking up the kids, for example. As well too, I often hear women say that they don't want to squat because it's too hard or they don't want their legs to get too big. But did you know that squatting will actually help you get off the toilet easier when you're 90 years old? It seems like a no-brainer. So overall, don't let what you are capable of in the weight room hold you back from thinking you are going to develop masculine features. Unless the use of steroids is implemented, you will maintain those feminine qualities. The next hormone that I think is worth discussing is estrogen. Estrogen is a hormone that plays various roles in the body. It contributes to cognitive health, bone health, function of cardiovascular system, and other essential bodily processes. Women do have more estrogen than men, which from a training standpoint helps with metabolic health, glucose handling, 
muscular repair and preventing catabolism. So let's expand on each of these and what they mean and why they are important from a training standpoint. Metabolic health simply means having ideal levels of blood sugar, triglycerides, high density, lipoprotein cholesterol, blood pressure, and waist circumference without using medications. Next, we have glucose handling, and that's the balance of insulin and glucagon to maintain our blood glucose. Next, we have our muscular repair, and this is the recovery timeline from the damage that occurs from exercise. During recovery, the fibers that are damaged, they heal stronger than what they were before, which in turn makes your muscles stronger. And then lastly, preventing catabolism. For those who don't know, catabolism is what happens when you digest food and the molecules breaks down in the body for use as energy. So why do these things matter? Well, from a training perspective, this does indicate overall that women actually may be able to do more sets and reps than men because they recover quicker. Therefore, varying rep ranges and increasing volume may be a viable training consideration for a lot of women. Next, let's look at the upper to lower body strength differences between genders. Research shows that women typically have a stronger lower body than men, and men have a stronger upper body than women. This may be a reason why women tend to enjoy training legs more than men, not me, but for some women that is the case. And therefore, it may be strategic for women to prioritize more upper body training to help balance out those strength differences. And same goes for men, it might be beneficial for them to prioritize more lower body training so they can balance out those strength differences. And the last consideration when it comes to training differences between genders is we want to look at the risk of injury between males and females. Research does show that women are more prone to ACL tears compared to men. Therefore, strengthening the muscles that cross the knee joint may be beneficial and necessary especially for women who are playing recreational sports such as soccer or basketball. So such exercises to reduce this risk of injury are things like squat variations, hip hinging variations, and even lunge variations. When it comes to the risk of injury, that's the primary one that does stand out. So making these specific changes to your training program may be beneficial. But overall, the process of building muscle is the same regardless of gender. There are some characteristics that allow females to perform more optimally, as there are some characteristics that allow males to perform more optimally. Taking these strengths and weaknesses into consideration when you're building your own program can help you actually optimize things so you can maximize your muscle growth related goals and prevent injury. So take some time to consider your specific needs and your specific goals. And don't be afraid to make subtle adjustments here and there to your training program that's gonna most benefit you. But ladies, if you wanna go work out with your husband, 
by all means, go for it. I think it is a great time for you to spend together. It's something fun and different that you guys can do together that's health specific. So don't be afraid thinking that it's a male specific program, therefore you can't join in. You absolutely can join in. I actually started out lifting weights by working out with my husband. I didn't know what I was doing. I just followed him around and he showed me what to do. And then I started to make these subtle tweaks and adjustments based off of my goals, based off of me expanding my knowledge and understanding what I needed as an athlete to move forward. And still from time to time, we will train together. I learned some things from him with his training program, and he learned some things from me from my training program. It's a great way for you guys to bond together and learn something new. So don't be afraid to interchange a male program versus a female program, because from a muscle building standpoint, there really is no difference. All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media. Maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.